I'd like to take a moment with the children and would invite you to come a little bit closer to your computer or your television or whatever device you're using uh, to participate in worship this morning. You may notice that we have the first candle of our Advent wreath lighted this morning. I understand that the the video we had of a family lighting that candle may not have worked, um, so maybe you didn't see that happen. Uh, But each week, we'll be lighting a different candle on our Advent wreath. Um, Next week, we'll have two candles lighted, and the next week, it'll be three. We're building the light in the sanctuary and building up our expectation and excitement about Jesus' birth on Christmas. And in worship every Sunday during December, we're going to be hearing from the book of Psalms. The scripture that you just heard was a psalm. Now, if you want to find the psalms in the Bible, the easiest thing to do is open right up to the middle. And the psalms are right in the middle of the Bible. And psalms are different prayers and songs that the people of God have been singing and praying for hundreds and hundreds of years. And one of the things I love about the psalms is that they express everything you could possibly imagine to God. You know about all the different kinds of feelings that we can have, right? Sometimes we're sad. Sometimes we're really happy. Sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we're confused. Sometimes we're just tired. Sometimes we're really, really grateful. All of those feelings are in the Psalms. And all of those feelings are things we can talk about in our prayers with God. God wants to know when we're feeling angry or sad or confused. And of course, God wants to hear from us when we're happy and feeling grateful. There's no feeling we have that we need to hide from God. And the Psalms help us to pray through all of those feelings. God will always love us no matter what. And that makes us free to share everything on our hearts with God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you love us so much. And nothing will ever change that. Help us to feel so safe with you that we can tell you when we're feeling upset or sad or angry. Help us to love you so much that we take time to say thank you and we love you in our prayers. And we thank you for the book of Psalms that gives us words and ways that we can pray. Be with us in this season. Help us to love you more. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much. I hope you're as excited about this season as I am. My husband David and I moved into the neighborhood where we live over 20 years ago. I know it's a bit unusual for a Methodist preacher to be in the same house for over 20 years, but I've had sort of an unusual journey anyway, so we've been in the same house for over 20 years. When we first moved into the neighborhood, most of the houses looked like ours. They were small ranch homes, maybe two bedrooms, one bathroom, built in the 40s. We knew all of our neighbors. Some of them were the original owners of those houses. But over the years, our neighborhood has changed, as many neighborhoods in Nashville have changed. 
When someone sells a house in our neighborhood, a lot of times within a week, it's been torn down. And within a few months, a huge house comes up or even two on the same lot, sometimes even three. And I'll have to admit, there's a part of me that's a little cranky about that. I feel like the neighborhood's losing some of the character it used to have. And so I'm always kind of excited when there's a house that sells and it doesn't get torn down. And you see the construction workers arrive and and you realize that they're just going to restore the house. It's going to be renovated. It's going to keep its same shape. It's going to look like it always has on the outside. It's just going to be fixed up and restored. I think about a friend of ours who is a restorer of old cars. That's one of his hobbies. And he buys old cars and he has fun searching for all the different parts to get it fixed back up and repainted so that it's restored to its former beauty and glory. There's something about restoring something back to the way it's used to be. That's very satisfying. That word restore is one that we hear several times in this psalm, Psalm 80. Three times the people of God in this prayer ask God, Restore us, O God. Let your light shine and come and save us. The people are crying out to be restored. They want to go back to the way things used to be. Something has happened that has caused them suffering and pain. This psalm is a communal psalm of lament. And God's people are in a moment of darkness and suffering and pain and confusion. And they cry out to God, restore us, take us back to the way things used to be. Now, we're not really sure what happened in the life of God's people that caused such devastation and destruction. But the best theory that I've come across is that this was coming out of a time in the 8th century BCE, when the northern kingdom of Israel had been overrun by the Assyrian army. They had destroyed much of the land, taken many of the people captive, and dragged them into exile. It was a moment of great suffering for the northern kingdom of Israel. And this psalm perhaps comes out of that moment when they feel devastated and lost And this psalm even articulates this idea that that maybe God is behind it all. You have fed us the bread of tears, they say to God. And in in part of the psalm that we didn't hear, they say, you know, you, you planted Israel like a vine and you tended us and put a wall around us and took care of us. But now you've let the wall be torn down and you've let strangers come and trample this vine of Israel. Turn back, O God, they say which can be translated, repent, O God. I know that kind of theology makes me uncomfortable. Maybe it does you too. In my understanding of God, I don't believe God causes this kind of suffering to God's people. And yet this is how they feel. This is what they are experiencing and expressing. This is how they're interpreting the events that are around them. And they have enough trust and faith in their God to know that God will hold them and receive this lament and receive their anger and receive their confusion and receive their cries and never let them go. 
It's a lesson we can learn from the Psalms, as I shared with the children. We may not have always the right understanding of why bad things are happening to us. And we may be angry at God, and we may be confused, and we may want to shake our fist at God sometimes. And the Psalms give us words to do that. And underneath these Psalms, like this one, there is a deep faith and trust in the love of God that will never let us go. And so the people cry out, Restore us, O God. Take us back to that place of strength and autonomy where we were as a nation before the Assyrians devastated us. I think it's interesting and helpful that we're not sure exactly when this psalm was written because it could apply to any age and any time of devastation of God's people. It speaks to us even now, in this moment. This year that we've been walking through has been one of the hardest in my lifetime. I know perhaps it doesn't compare to the years in the bubonic plague or so many years in world history in our past, but it has been a painful and devastating year for us as God's people. We cannot gather and worship in the ways that we want to. We can't greet one another and pass the peace and give each other hugs and signs of love and peace. We can't sing together side by side and, and light one another's candles on the second Sunday of December as has been our tradition at West End. There are so many things that we have lost as a community of faith. There are so many things that we have lost in our individual lives. The ability to gather around the Thanksgiving table without worry of making one another sick. The ability to, to have graduations and weddings and, and to remember and celebrate a person's life who has died and gone on before us. Yes, there is loss and devastation for us as the people of God. And I don't know about you, but there is part of me that joins with the people of Israel in this prayer. Restore us, O God. Take us back to where we were before all of this happened. Restore us to our former practices and routines, our former strength and glory. That's all we want is to go back to the way things were in January. And yet as we listen to the prayer of the people of Israel from thousands of years ago, we listen to it with the ears of the people of Christ and we see in this psalm that, that the restoration that God is about is not necessarily the one that the people are praying for or hoping for. Perhaps they were asking to become once again a strong nation, to have their king restored to the throne, something that never would happen again. And yet as we hear this psalm, as we read this psalm on this first Sunday of Advent, perhaps we can hear the promise of restoration that is coming. Perhaps we can hear that soon 
God will choose to restore the relationship with Israel and with all the world by becoming one of us. God will become flesh, will be born in the middle of the night, in silence and in poverty, in a little-known corner of the world. God will become a member of this congregation that is praying this prayer. Restore us, O God. God, through Jesus, will be praying this prayer himself. Will stand with his people in their moment of desperation and pain and devastation. Jesus himself will understand that longing and that lament. And he will pray the psalm of lament as he hangs on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And through his presence with his people, through his companionship with us in our suffering and our loss, through his complete understanding and receiving of this prayer that we pray, restore us, O God. He will bring about something new. He will save us in a way we never expected. The truth is, my friends, we will never go back to the way things were in January. Life will never be the same in the church, in our families, in our schools, because God has been with us on this journey all along, and we have experienced God in new ways. We have prayed in new ways. We have felt connected with each other in new ways, and we've learned some things. And so now we pray this prayer in trust that God is doing something new among us. And the hope that is on the horizon, the future that God is preparing for you and for me and for the people of God is far better than anything we could ever pray for or hope for or imagine. So let us continue to trust in this God whose love holds all that we bring and is in our midst about to do something new. Thanks be to God.